and welcome to the Ladies Who London podcast. Welcome back, everyone. It's Alex here. And Fiona. Hello. How are you, listeners? I hope you're well. I hope you've had a lovely week. How have you been, Fiona? Uh, good, busy. One of those weeks you were like, well, uh, what days, where was I yesterday? When, what, where now? Hello? But, you know, good. <laughs> and of course, you're you're sort of on the front line, as it were, in London, um, in the run up to the coronation. So is it, yes. is, uh, how, is that translating into the guests or are they just here because they're here or what's the what's the situation i've had a few people this week who are here because of the marathon so of course monday monday morning i was with a lovely couple and she had run the marathon the day before and so she we met them in the hotel lobby and she said okay so um I might, I might be moving a little bit slowly. <laughs> I was going to say, brave of her to plan a day of touring after running the marathon. Yeah, absolutely. But she said, no, it's good. It's good to walk out the legs. It's a good thing. It was actually her sixth marathon. She's she. There's a challenge, which is like doing six marathons in like six big cities. So she's, she's done Berlin and Tokyo and New York and Boston and I don't know what the last, but this was the last one of her six. So oh. she was very happy to have ticked them all off. And then we went to the tower and... Um, I was like, oh, we can go in here, we can go there. And then after we went in one tower, I was like, mm, maybe maybe you don't want to go up onto the ramparts. Up and down <laughs> maybe the White Tower is not... Maybe the cafe one. looks nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Aww. And then, but in terms of coronation stuff, like every every time you go to the tower, it's like, what's going to be in the jewels today? Oh, it's all so gradually being eked away. Eking things away to get them prepared, which is, you know, it's it's... Yeah, it feels a little bit like potluck, but there was more there than I thought there might have been on Monday still. So St. Edward's Crown, the Scepter and Auburn things, they were all there still on Monday. So. Interesting. Uh, before we move on for the marathon, just need to give a shout out to uh, one of our listeners and a good friend of mine, Stacey, um, who ran the marathon, her first marathon on Sunday. She absolutely oh. smashed it. Very proud of her. I was watching um, on the live feed as she crossed the finish line and said, well done, Stace. And she did amazingly. But yeah. Um, and back to yeah, so back to kind of Londony stuff. I'm I'm starting to kind of get a bit of FOMO because everyone's going, oh, it's so busy, it's so busy. And I'm just <laughs> sitting here in Hampshire, just like doing jigsaws and things. Um, and uh, and and so, uh, do you think that the the coronation tourists are yet to come? Are like are most of the guests that you're having, they're aware of the coronation, are they? And they're kind of yes. Is- I think I mean we're not into we're probably not close enough to be the people who've come now because of it yeah exactly yeah. so i guess that's another week or so if you know um but yeah i mean it seems busy generally it's mm. it's like I, was, I can't remember where i was but i was just like where are all these people come it's it feels like this is the busiest it's been since covid in a way right. just in terms of numbers of people in like hanging around parliament square or whatever for 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 it not being a particular event just just being busy at the weekends um so yeah and then the weather's all up and down it's all weather's really up and down yeah i'm mostly kind of watching it from the living room window going oh it's raining again fabulous um yeah yeah. anyway right well um do we have any shout outs this week or anything i I have to say i've been haven't really been looking at emails and social media much this week just because i've had some stuff going on but um Mm -hmm. is there anything anything that you um well, I was going to say a quick, quick um, sh- recommendation, really, mm. for pe- folks who are on Instagram. I don't know if it's on other versions of social media as well. Probably um, Katie Wignall, who came and talked to us a few weeks ago about the Endell Street yep. Hospital. Um, she has joined the trend of 
what if Wes Anderson was a tour guide? Or I, Wes Anderson this is my favourite trend ever because I am such a Wes Anderson fan. I love it. In fact, a friend of mine just recently, as a, as I get well soon, gift bought me the book Accidentally Wes Anderson, which came from a I think an ah. Instagram account, and it is. I'm loving this trend. I haven't seen Katie's. I have to go and have a look. Yeah, go and have a look. It's it's really lovely. It's just delightful little. Um, there's little bits, and she's does her hat and then there's one my favorite one i think she just walks on like from the side there's a house and she walks on from the side and they're just points <laughs> and it's just it's, it's just perfect and it put a real spring in my step the other day so yeah. um yeah go and look up she's look up london yep um on on instagram it's amazing um, so uh, we haven't had a chance to have a look at emails I think this week um, sorry things are getting a bit Fiona's very busy and I'm I've had a few things that I've yes. had to deal with for my how, recovery how, I was going to say how are you do you want to tell us how you are or is I'm, that... I'm okay I've had a, I've had a couple of little um, bits I've had to pop back to the hospital for so it's been a bit bit of a uh, mad week but I, I'm otherwise I'm fine I'm getting there I'm moving back to London on the 11th of May um, Yay. which uh, then then I'll have chemo for six months. So I might be able to get out and about and do the odd job in between that. But that's TBC at the moment. So, um, yeah. but I will be back in London. So uh, I can, yeah, Yay. start to get back to some semblance of normality and we'll go from there. But uh, yeah. but yeah, anyway. Um, so we are on the run up to the coronation, which is in, what are we, 26th of April today. Two so two weeks time. Not even, I think. No, just think. under, just under. A week and a half. It's the Saturday, isn't it? So we can, yeah. <gasps> okay. Um, so Ugh. we, this is the first of two kind of coronation specials, I guess. And some people won't care about the coronation at all. Um, but if you, I mean, you know, like, like we always do on this podcast, we don't tend to go in, this is probably the, the most mainstream stuff we've done. However, we're coming at it from a different angle. And, and we did ask Instagram the other day about, did, did they want us to do, um, kind of demystifying the coronation and all you know everything you're going to see all the more unusual bits and the uh the resounding response was both so uh, <laughs> thank you <laughs> for being so... <laughs> <laughs> thank you everyone for being so completely down the middle um uh, yeah so next week we're going to kind of be telling you all the little bits about the coronation like not we're not going to say and then they're going to walk down and be this it, we're going to be looking at the the little bits of info that you might be watching going what what what's that about what, what does that, that mean who's that um that's what we're going to look at we're going to kind of demystify the whole thing um and look at some of the more unusual bits so um if you are watching it maybe you... our favorite bits as well i mean you know we yeah. i've never seen a coronation but i still have in my head what my favorite bit is going yeah. to be <laughs> which is what <laughs> what is that Oh, I can't tell you that. Oh, That's next week. Spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> All right. Um, so this week we thought we would start with, now if anyone watched Global Tea Break back in the day um, during lockdown, um, we'll remember... Uh, my lovely colleague, our lovely colleague Viv, coming on to talk about all things uh, bling. So it's the royal bling, and it's not the crown jewels; it's the private collection. Um, and she is, I think, Viv, it's fair to say, Viv is well into coronation fever now. Um, when we were having our chat, she kept sort of flapping her hands about, and getting really excited about about the things she was talking about. <laughs> she is a an avid royal watcher um, to the point where she she knows quite forensically these. The, the tiaras, the jewels that they have in their private collection. And so we invited her along this week to make her predictions um, about what is going to be worn and to kind of, again, some of the stories behind some of the gems. And it was a lovely talk. So you can enjoy that right now. 
So here we are with our guest today, the fabulous Viv Haxby, who is a Blue Badge uh, guide, colleague and friend of ours. Um, she is our our royal watcher extraordinaire who <laughs> specialises in um, all sorts of of royal stuff, and particularly jewellery, which is what we can talk about uh, today. But uh also, as a driver guide, uh, spends a lot of time heading out of London, heading around the country, visiting all the, the fabulous stately homes of England, which is another another speciality. So, um, hello, Viv. Hello. Hi, welcome. <laughs> welcome. Thanks so welcome much to... for coming on to, to chat all things bling. Thank you very much for asking me. <laughs> it's it's a it's a delight it's a pleasure to have you and we're you know we're in the run-up to the coronation now so um we're doing sort of coronation themed starting sort of a soft start into the coronation with with the sparkly stuff that that may or may not make an appearance so uh, the personal jewels yes i'm i'm very prepared to pull flat on my face on the 6th of may because any predictions that i'm going to make or may well not come to pass, but have a bit of fun. Predict Rubbish. We'll send this up the line. We'll send it to the palace and be like, right, if you could just wear these, that would be ideal because people look amazing. <laughs> it might be inspiration. You never know. Yeah. They, yeah. It, we get it out there now. They can listen to this and uh, and it'll all come true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so crucially, we're not talking about the yeah. crown jewels here. We're not talking the stuff that's going to be plonked on heads and, and paraded with at all. We're talking about the stuff that's going to adorn the heads of the, uh, let's say, the, the the general public of the royal family, so that the family members um, and and all that kind of thing, which is which is very much, you know, we, as guides, we sort of tend, we know a lot about the, the crown jewels particularly, but I know nothing about the private jewels and the, the sim there's a lot of symbolism, isn't there, Viv? Absolutely. So, yes, you're, you're quite right, Alex. What I, I think we're going to be talking about is not the coronation regalia, but the items uh, that uh, exist within the private jewellery uh, collection of the royal family, which um, I think uh, will hopefully um, adorn the heads and the necks of um, the principal ladies uh, within the royal family. So I guess the first thing we have to look at is who we think amongst the women will actually get to wear a tiara when they walk into the abbey on the 6th of May. Um, shall I tell you who I think well, might? Well, firstly, what, what's the, when you say um, might get to wear a tiara? So there's there's rules and regulations around it, isn't there? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, th I think they're sort of in, in the past, tiaras have been worn by every lady remotely associated with the royal family. But I think in this day and age, it's recognised, obviously, that's completely inappropriate. And yet they do. I'm sure there's a desire to create a spectacle on the 6th of May. So it's got to be magnificent. It's got to be spectacular. But it's also got to, I think, respond to the age in which we live. And I think um, I'm not sure if this is an expression that the royal household has put out or whether it's the uh, press has um, come up with this expression. But this is being described as very much a coronation for a more conscious age. So I think there will be I mean, I, I, I'm not sure if you've already have talked about in a previous podcast or you're going to talk about uh, the question surrounding the Koh-i-Noor diamond. We we have. We've had a whole episode on the Koh-i-Noor diamond and the history behind it and, and everything. So, yeah, be, our listeners yeah. Are, are very well versed in that and the controversy that goes with that as well. Well, this is all absolutely in the same ballpark as that. I'm sure that a, a huge amount of thought has been given to every um, item and, and its provenance and any sensitivity um, around it. So um, I have taken that into account when I've made my <laughs> predictions. So, so I... Yes, I was going to say, can I start with a really basic question? What What is a tiara as opposed to, say, a coronet or a crown? 
like so Yara sits on the head, but it's not it's not connected at the back, whereas a coronet crown would be a full circle. Uh, a tiara isn't. And and by the way, uh, uh, what is is often not taken into account when people look at these magnificent tiaras is they're they're so beautifully engineered that they can actually be worn. Many of them can be worn as necklaces as well. So they're very uh -huh. adaptable. So a tiara is a fancy headband and a crown is a fancy hat. Absolutely. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and presumably there might be rules about who can wear crowns or coronets or... Well, um, yes. Um, the uh, I mean, the, the only person who's going to be wearing a crown on the 6th of May... or well, two people. Sorry, what am I saying? Two people are going to be wearing a crown <laughs> um, during the proceedings on the 6th of May, and that's the king and the queen. Um, I've also got a theory about a junior member of the royal family and a, a tiny little crown that might be worn by Ooh. a couple. Ooh. <laughs> um, so... She's teasing. She's teasing us. Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. Now we'll stop asking questions. So tell us okay. about the tiaras. All right. So shall I tell you who I think, which of the women will probably wear, well, hopefully, um, if my dream comes true, wear tiaras. I don't want to see any of them wear fascinators. I want them to be wearing tiaras. And they are um, obviously... Um, uh, Kate, as well, obviously Kate. I think Camilla, when we all know that she is going to be wearing um, at the at the moment of coronation, she will have the Queen Mary crown put on her head. I can talk a little bit about that um, if if you would um, like me to in a moment. But I I suspect that when she when she travels to the um, Abbey and she walks into the Abbey, she will be wearing a tiara. Mm -hmm. um, Kate will hopefully definitely wear a uh, tiara, and I'm pretty sure that. Uh, the other women, Sophie, the Duchess of Edinburgh, uh, will wear a tiara and and the Princess Royal, Princess Anne, the Princess Royal, uh, will wear a tiara. I also rather hope that little Princess Charlotte will wear something on her head. And I've got an idea of what, in a perfect world, in my perfect world, she'd wear. So I'll, I'll tell you about Ooh. that. OK, OK. So... They, it's not just that they chuck out any old tiara on, is it? it there, there are, there's lots of different meanings and things to each one. So what do you... But there are, and I think, I think, I, I, my theory is that the women will want to wear something that has some sort of association with the late queen to create some sort of continuity. They won't want to, as I mentioned earlier, they certainly won't, won't want to do anything controversial in terms of the provenance of the, pieces or the stones um, within the items. I also think that, uh, be, that they will wear diamonds or pearls. They won't wear any coloured stones. Interesting. The, okay. um, the crown that uh, um, Queen Camilla is going to be crowned with at, at the moment of coronation uh, has only got uh, white stones or diamonds mm. in it, any coloured stones. So I think that will be the aesthetic. I think that will be the, the theme. And do you think mm -hmm. there's a reason for that, or is it just that you think it'll well, look good across the, you know, the group? I thought that 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 would look look best, and and the the I mean, certainly nobody wants to outshine Camilla. You know, Camilla yeah. in terms of the women, Camilla is the sort of you know main event, isn't she? So no one is going to be wearing bright rubies and sapphires and and emeralds and whatever, or even amethysts. Quite a lot of the royal um, tiaras are have got amethysts and uh, amethysts or, or aquamarines in them actually. But I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll see the light of day on the sixth of May. I I think they're going to be diamonds or pearls. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and, and Beatrice, mm -hmm. and usually they're not getting a look in with fancy headwear. It'll be more. Uh, well, I think that would be inappropriate for anybody else. I just think it would all be too 
too over the top, ostentatious, bling. You know, it's about getting this balance between making it spectacular enough and not looking. So that does mean that then we, from those two, we can expect some pretty epic uh, fascinators again, can't we? (laughs) (laughs) Some major fascinators. And of course, Zara, she never lets us down on that front either, does she? That's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just remember the I just remember the pretzel that one of Beatrice and Eugenie yeah. wore. I, I can't remember if it was it for the Kate and Williams wedding, and it was this big brown pretzel like thing. It definitely was. I think they've both turned toned down a little bit since then, but <laughs> let's wait and see what we what we get. I think Zara always looks fantastic. Um, um, so shall I tell you what I think they might wear? Yes, um, please. Yes. Given it a moment's thought. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, first of all, um, I think my my. A thought is that um, Camilla might arrive wearing the Girls of Great Britain and Ireland tiara, which is a tiara that you will know so well because it's the one that um, the late Queen wore a lot. She also um, is wearing it on many of the uh, uh, coins and and postage stamps. Uh, Girls of Great Britain and Ireland. It was actually a wedding gift uh, to Queen Mary. Uh, so our late Queen's grandmother, great-grandmother of the the King. Uh, Queen Mary was given it as a wedding gift. Um, She gave it to her granddaughter, the late Queen, as a a wedding present. Uh, And she uh, wore it frequently um, throughout her reign. So I think that would create continuity with the late Queen. It's not... um, uh, it's not something that you know will, will cause a stir because we haven't seen it before. Uh, I think it will be a nice, a nice um, touch for for her to wear that. Now, if she doesn't wear that one, she and if she wants to play it really safe, she might wear the Greville tiara, which is a honeycomb tiara, which is the one. If you can imagine in your mind's eye, Camilla wearing a tiara, this is the one that she wears most frequently. It's quite a big honeycomb shape um, tiara, so I think that would be a safer bet. But um, I'd like to see her wearing, because she has worn already. She wore um, at a state visit recently. Was it Germany? They went to Germany, didn't they, recently? And yeah. she wore the um, uh, George VI Sapphire tiara, which was the first time that she had ever worn that. That was one that was um, very much in the Queen's uh, personal possession. So so she has made that um you know she has she has made that move into wearing the late queen's um tiaras and i think Um, i'm just going to say to the listeners at this point we have put all of the pictures of the tiaras and any of the 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 stuff that um viv's going to chat about today on the show notes on our website so if you want to have a look you can see what they all are we've listed them in order as, as viv's um mentioning them um go and have a look and they are all listed there but i yeah the um I prefer of those two. Yeah, I prefer the first one, the the girls of Great Britain and, and Ireland one. It's that is like you say, that's the one that the Queen wore all the time. It's the really cla- I think like it's a classic tiara, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think it's good. I like that one. Um, now, in terms of the necklace, um, yeah, obviously she's going to wear a necklace. Um, Charles has given. I was I was sort of looking at pieces of jewelry that Charles has given his wife because I thought that might be quite a nice touch, but. No disrespect intended, but I don't really like any of the items that um, he has given. <laughs> <laughs> wow, shade, Viv, shade. <laughs> Not that anyone cares what I want, but I would like her to wear the classic coronation necklace, which you'll all be familiar with. Um, our late queen wore it at her um, coronation, um, the and she wore it regularly at state openings of parliament and at state dinners. It's massively, it's, it's basically a massive diamond uh, necklace made um, by Queen Victoria. Um, 
since the reign of Queen Victoria, it's been worn at every coronation, which is why it's called the coronation necklace. Uh, Queen Victoria didn't wear it, uh, didn't, sorry, didn't wear it at her own coronation because it wasn't made at that point. So um, uh, it wasn't her coronation, but a subsequent um, queen consorts have worn it at their coronation. So that would be, um, and obviously our late queen was a queen regnant and she, she wore it at hers too. So there would be a continuity there. The problem with the coronation necklace is that it's often worn with a pendant diamond and that diamond is called the Lahore diamond oh. and I think you know the clue is in the name I think that is a definite no-no just in the way that the Koh-i-Noor is not going to make an appearance at all um the Lahore diamond sort of falls into the same category it was taken by the British from the uh, fort at Lahore in 1849 and was gifted to Queen Victoria so I We'll be very, very surprised if we see that pendant on um, on the coronation necklace. So you think it would just be the necklace without the pendant? Yeah, which, enough, don't you won't be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> they, wouldn't, they wouldn't add in another one instead. Is there something else that Bill? No, no, because um, when uh, um, George the Sixth and Queen Elizabeth, so our late Queen's parents, when. Um, they were crowned in 1937. Um, the then Queen Consort, so the woman we refer to as Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, wore yep. one but two coronation necklaces. So she she wore the one that I've just been describing, the one that um, Queen Victoria had made. But she also, lucky girl, had her own coronation necklace as well, which her husband had given her. So if you look wow. at the portrait of Queen Elizabeth as she as she was um, in 1937, she's got two of these necklaces on. Um, so, but I think you know, I suggested that to a friend the other day, and she said, "Viv, what are you even thinking?" To <laughs> I mean, is detro as they would say, but who knows? <laughs> now, the, the, another little issue um, that I'm sure they're going to avoid is the coronation earrings. So, the earrings that have been worn by many queen consorts since, since Queen Victoria and were worn by our late queen herself at her coronation they're known funnily enough as the coronation earrings i suspect that they're a bit of a no-no as well because i know all your listeners are very familiar with the story of the koh-i-noor but the coronation earrings are made up of three on either side big diamonds so six big diamonds altogether. the drops at the bottom are like massive they're about 10 mm. carats each and guess where they came from they were in the original setting of the Koh-i-Noor diamond when it was gifted to um Queen Victoria Queen Victoria ah. Queen Victoria as I, you, you probably heard in a previous podcast um was gifted the, this Koh-i-Noor uh diamond in in the form of an armlet so it was mm. worn like a, a weird a weird sort of bracelet around her yeah. upper yeah and um, either side of the very large Koh-i-Noor diamond were two other pretty large diamonds, and they are the ones that are now in the coronation necklace and have been for a long time. So I suspect that that's a no-no. I don't know what you think, but to me that doesn't sound mm. like it. Oh. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, if they're being as aware as you as you reckon they might be, then I think that might be a... Because I'm, I'm looking at the, all of these now, um, mm. uh, and, I mean, it's it's a lot of diamonds. I mean, even that... <laughs> so those... You said 10 carats on, on either side is the main drop uh, for the earrings, and they are pretty bling, but that coronation necklace as well. I mean, it doesn't need the pendant. It's a, it's a, a ring of enormous diamonds yeah. um so there's a lot of bling going on here um do we have any idea <clears throat> she says talking uh, very uh, <laughs> how, how much these are worth 
No, I suspect, you know, as, as guides, we're all told when we take our clients around um, the jewel house at the Tower of London that the items there are simply priceless. I mean, I would almost think the same thing applies to these items because of their provenance mm. and mention the sort of intrinsic value of the diamond. So that, that's a fudge answer for I have no idea. But something... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. It's interesting that you're looking at all these pictures now because, yes, it's it's a huge amount of diamonds. So um, maybe she'll wear something a bit more modest in her ears. Maybe she, this would be an opportunity for her to wear something that Charles has gifted her. Do you think mm -hmm. that would be sort of more modest, smaller diamonds? Do you think perhaps? she'd go for pearls or would that be, uh, you know, not fancy enough? Absolutely. Possibly. Yes. The, yeah. Yeah. Pearls. Mm, this uh, pearls are supposed to represent purity and virginity and whatever. Well, I mean, I'm sure people, I'm reading too much into it. Who knows? Small <laughs> pearls or small stud diamonds. <laughs> okay. The, the ear. <laughs> um, and and then, um, in terms of uh, in terms of the crown that she's going to have put on her head, I know you've talked about the fact that they're steering well clear of the. Uh, last queen consort crown so that is the crown that was worn by um the woman that we know as queen elizabeth the queen mother at her um coronation in 1937 uh that crown has been absolutely cast aside because of its association with the koh-i-noor and so camilla or her advisors have sensibly i think chosen to use the crown of queen mary um which is interesting in itself Sorry, sorry. No, you... no, I think, well, maybe maybe we're about to say the same thing. I think I find that really weird because wasn't that the crown that was made for the Delhi Durbar? So that in itself was a crown made for an it... Indian coronation, kind no, of. You're, no, you're right. Absolutely right. Um, although, yes, I guess as I, mean, I suppose the upside, if we're looking, if we're being Pollyanna-ish about this and looking for the good, um, queen consorts have always in the past created a new crown. So, in this spirit of upcycling, um, recycling, and repurposing, I think it's let's say it's commendable that she's used that, that a new one's not being made and she's going back yeah. to the one that has been. I mean, I suppose that's a little positive, isn't it? And the, and you know that the jewels that are being put in the Queen Mary crown. Oh, and that's interesting. Sorry, I, I know I keep interest interrupting myself. No, I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's the excitement coming out of it. It's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I, see, no disrespect to Camilla, who I have a huge amount of respect for. She has got actually quite a big head. I'm not sure how much it's the hair or the head, but she has got quite a big head. Mary had a big head too. This is so she needs to have a, a sort of biggish crown. Uh -huh. So I think the Queen Mary one is appropriate. And, and, the I, and I have to say, I prefer the Queen Mary crown to the Queen Mum's crown. Um, and again, we'll put the, the photos are up for this. But the Queen Mary crown's got these really elegant sort of, what do you call them? Like the, the um, I can't think what they call them now. The, the arches. Finials. Arches, thank you. Yeah, the yeah. arches that go up from the main base of the crown up into the sort of the peak at the top. They're really long and elegant. And I've always said to, when I go through the, tower, um, the crown jewels with my guests, I say, right, we're each going to pick our favourite crown. And Queen Mary, it's always Queen Mary's for me. It's so elegant. Well, it's interesting you say that, Alice, because I might be wrong here. But I think that, that the, the style of that crown is what uh, technical people would call an imperial style crown rather than a kingly one see that that's me yeah. that's me to my core I'm a, I'm a classic imperialist i mean you know, what can i say <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's got it's got more arches hasn't it it's got eight arches exactly so i think that mark appleby who is the crown jeweler um will one of the jobs that he i mean goodness he can't be getting any sleep at the moment um <laughs> 
all these stones and everything. Um, he will be, at least I assume it's him, rather than Harry Collins, who's the personal jeweller. I would imagine it's Mark Appleby. I, I understand they're removing four of those eight arches. Oh. So, uh -huh. sorry, I hope you're not going to be disappointed, but it might be slightly different from how you've seen it. Um, oh, I don't care, really. I don't care. Yeah. As, long as, as long as they're still nice and kind of elegant and, and yeah, that's fine. I mean. That yeah, makes great. perfect sense. I was just talking to clients the other day and then we kind of went, but hang on, that's if that's got arches, then but then she'll be getting more arches than Charles. And oh, how's that going to work? That can't be right. So that that explains it all. So um, the stone, you know, that the um, um, three stones that are going to be put in the Queen Mary crown are um, three of the stones taken from the Cullinan diamond, which was dug up in a diamond mine in South Africa in 1905. Um, and it was broken. It was given to the um, King and Queen of England at the time, Edward VII and uh, Queen Alexandra. And uh, the um, diamond was was cut into nine main um, stones and about 89 smaller chippings, if you like. Um, and one and two are in the crown jewels and three, four, five, six, seven, eight and nine of those stones are in the personal jewellery collection. And three, four and five are the um, stones that are going to be put into the Queen Mary crown and Camilla's going to wear. Oh, oh, now that's interesting because that's what the the queen she used to wear three and four as a as a pretty epic brooch, you know, with huge amounts of carrots in there, and and it was quite a an enormous drop drop brooch that she would wear. Um, so that's rather lovely, actually, that that's going into the crown. Absolutely. So yes, you're completely right, Alex. Um, three and four. So Cullen and three and four. Um, the queen wore as had um her mother and her grandmother before her as a brooch two huge diamonds, one above the other. And they, and she used to call them as, um, refer to them as Grammy's chips. They only came out for major occasions, but yeah, they're going to be in that um, Queen Mary crown that Camilla's going to wear. And also the fifth Cullinan, which I absolutely love. The, our late queen wore that as a brooch. It almost looked heart-shaped in the um, uh, diamond setting of the um, of the brooch, Cullinan five, but that's going to be the smallest of the three diamonds in uh, the um, Queen Mary crown that she's going to wear. So, and, and you mentioned that one and two are in the Crown Jewel collection already. Now, I don't think this is something that we've chatted about with our listeners before. Um, so do you, do you want to explain okay. where they are? Because we're going to get to see them as well in the corner. In fact, we saw them at the funeral. Definitely. So big reveal. Yes. Number one, Cullen and one, uh, confusingly also called the first star of Africa. That is the massive stone, which actually oddly again looks almost heart shaped when you see it at the top of the royal scepter. So that's the largest one. And Cullen and two or the second star of Africa is in the imperial state crown. Now, when Charles leaves the abbey, um, I believe that he will follow um in the footsteps of his mother who wore the imperial state crown when she left the abbey having been crowned with the saint edward crown so the saint edward crown is the crown that's put on the head of the monarch at the very moment of coronation and um but after that by the time they leave the abbey um in the past uh kings and our most recent most recently our queen have changed into the imperial state crown i always refer to that as or used to refer to that as our the late queen's everyday crown because whenever she had <laughs> the imperial state crown sadly i've ever had to go on to explain that she only ever wore the crown once a year which was at the state opening of parliament but yeah the second star of africa or colonel two is the stone at the front or one of the stones at the front of the imperial state crown yeah and have you seen pictures of the queen wearing a crown it's that crown isn't it the the um st edward's
Edward's crown, which is the coronation one. I always said to my guests, it, the, the monarch wears this for 20 minutes in their entire life. That's it. And yes. the rest of the time, it's what the Queen used to refer to as her second best hat, didn't she? Yes, it's <laughs> lovely. So that's, so that's, and, and, and that's mm. the one we all saw on her coffin as well for the funeral. So it, it that had been around quite visible recently. Mm. Absolutely. And what I love about, so everyone will have seen, as you say, Fiona, at the funeral, the scepter with this really big, big, mm. big it and they will have seen the imperial state crown on a number of occasions what i absolutely love is when that that when um all these stones first arrived in the uh, collection of uh, you know uh, the disposal of the british royal family um both queen alexandra and queen mary were known to wear cullinan's one and two or the second star and the first star of africa as brooches so it's possible wow women it, um, wearing these huge stones as brooches you'd be, very... you'd be like leaning forwards with the weight <laughs> kind of pulled down by the heaviness of the you know oh, wow. very carefully engineered dresses i think and um, and just to give people a sense of the size of them so the the cullinan one is the largest cut diamond in the world and is 530 carats and Cullinan 2 uh, is 350 carats. So this is not, you know, so if they were wearing both of those together, that's about a thousand carats, give or <laughs> yeah. take. That's a whole grocery shop. <laughs> yeah. That's probably why Queen Alexandra famously walked with a limp. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, what, so... what I, I kind of find fascinating about this as well is that I think we, we probably look at the crowns and, or, or, or like a pieces of jewellery and we just think that's what it is. And anyone who has a fabulous piece of jewellery, they're not going to like chop and change it around. But it seems like the jewels are quite mobile and they can be set in, put together in different combinations and things. Well, absolutely, which I, speak, I think speaks volumes about the how these pieces were engineered, but also mm. about creativity of particularly our queens in the past. I mean, Queen Mary actually wins that competition hands down. She used to convert things and recycle things and, you know. Um, she was very, very creative. So, yeah, it's a good point. Um, what sh shall I talk about, Kate? What are yes. About yes. Kate? Kate, now I thought a lot. Of fun. You won't be surprised to hear. I thought long and hard about this. So <laughs> I think that Kate will uh, again play it safe. She definitely won't want to uh, um, overshadow um, uh, Queen Camilla. Uh, I think she'll. Uh, uh, I think she'll wear the um, the Lover's Knot tiara, which is one that we've seen her wear many times. Basically, Kate's only got had only had um, been seen wearing three tiaras: the one she got married in, the Cartier Halo tiara, which you all remember, very much a starter tiara, very much for a young girl. I mean, that would I'm sure that won't be worn on the sixth of May. It was very pretty for her wedding, but that, you know she's moved on. I think, uh, and um, <laughs> the other one is the Lotus flower tiara which i know you'll put a picture of um uh up um alex because that's very pretty i know she wore that to the chinese state banquet with a red dress looking gorgeous mm -hmm. and then the one that she's worn most frequently which is the lovers not tiara which everybody who's got even a passing interest in, um in uh diana will associate it with with diana the diana princess of wales so this is a um diamond and pearl uh tiara for lovers not and so again i think it's it's not breaking the rule that i suggested might um, be adhered to of not wearing colored stones it makes that nice nods to diana um and uh it's not going to upstage camilla because she's been seen wearing it uh before and she absolutely rocks it she looks gorgeous in it so it is a lovely tiara and it's it's mm. again, it's quite classic isn't it it's got um 
it sort of rises gently and then it's got a whole row of just these lovely pendant drop uh, pearls that can move freely within the tiara. Um, yeah. It's really, really pretty. And then lots of little sort of mini diamonds at the top. Um, it is I nice. think that's a good choice. It's, it's a really elegant one. Yeah, I think it's quite, I think it's quite heavy, actually. Um, but Kate turn stuff, you know. Um, she, it was she's got, she's got a thick neck, has Kate. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's been down the gym working on her neck muscles. Yeah. She'll be fine. Um, she, it was given by the Queen as a, as a wedding gift to um, Diana. But um, because it's what we call um, an heirloom of the crown, there are items of jewellery within the personal jewellery collection, which are on a list, which means, and these are called, um, uh, it's the inventory of heirlooms of the crown. Uh, and these are items that can only pass the main down the main line of succession. So it was gifted to Diana, but at the time of her divorce, although Diana got to keep um, some jewellery, I have no idea how much that was had been gifted to her, this piece, because it's on that inventory, had to be returned and um, and has been since, on, I guess, on permanent loan to Kate for quite a long time. Uh, no idea what necklace she's going to wear. Um, I've you know, got various thoughts, but um, should, should we move on to Anne and Sophie? Yes. So, yes. Uh, although, before we do, can I ask a question? So, yeah. how... Is there a like? Is there a get together where they discuss this, or do some people have kind of bagging rights? So it seems like Kate Kate's got first call on that one. But how how does it get allocated? Well, uh, well, I, I don't want to sound um, be uh, what's the word um, uh, disrespectful or speak about things that I don't really know about. Well, not that I'm that normally stops me, but anyway. Um... <laughs> same here, babe. Same here. Yeah. In the old. <laughs> Days, I would have said that a meeting would have been held with Angela Kelly, who was the late Queen's um, personal assistant, yeah. dress and keeper of the personal jewellery collection. But there hasn't been very much talk about Angela Kelly since the death of the Queen. And I assume that she has been busy, uh, you know, making an inventory of all the Queen's clothes and everything, all her personal effects. But there certainly has been no mention of her at all. So as I say, in the old days, I'm sure she would have been very involved in this because she kept very close notes of who wore what when to what, uh, what event and that sort mm -hmm. of thing. So I don't know. It'd be nice to think that these ladies sat down over a cup of coffee and said, oh, I want that one or whatever. I'm, I'm imagining a WhatsApp group. Yes. yes. <laughs> I wonder if Charlotte's on it, though. Ah. <laughs> um, uh, so and, so, so Anne and Sophie, I reckon that to create this sort of spectacle, this tableau as they walk into the Abbey, I, I suspect that Anne and Sophie will also wear state dresses, just like Kate and um, Camilla, so long cream or off-white um, gowns, and they'll need to wear a tiara with a, um, a dress like that. So I, I've come up with a suggestion for um, Sophie, and I don't even know how to pronounce this because I've heard nobody say the word, I've just seen it written, but for Sophie, the Duchess of Edinburgh, I think she, she's worn quite a, uh, or at least two um, uh, aquamarine tiaras in the past, which look very pretty, but of course that goes against my suggestion that they won't wear coloured stones. So I'm thinking that she might go back to the tiara that she was gifted uh, by um, her um, mother-in-law, the Queen, um, as a wedding uh, gift. And she wore it as her wedding tiara and it's called the Antemian. No, she didn't wear it. Uh, she did wear it as her wedding tiara. It's called the Antemian, which is spelled A-N-T-H-E-M-I-O-N. Alex, how would you pronounce that? 
Yeah. Um, I mean, it depends whether you want to anglicise it or not. I mean, if you want to anglicise it, Amphemian, but oh, yeah. I'd probably go an, an, Antemian or Antemian as well. Okay. So, so the yeah. an, oh, um, Tiara, uh, um, which is Greek inspired and actually interesting because she wore it as a, as a youngish woman when she got married in one form and it was actually adapted in um, 2019 specifically for a state dinner with Donald Trump, interestingly. Um, and it was, it was made a little bit sort of more substantial reflecting the fact that she's a more mature woman now. Now so- that's an interesting tiara because it almost looks like if you were to draw a tiara as a as a as a child or you know make it kind of almost like woodland fairyish it looks like it's sort of leaves it's like a big leaf in the middle and then two smaller leaves on the side is what it looks like so i imagine it would be something like titania in midsummer night's dream would wear that you know it's re- it's quite sort of fairy taleish actually it's pretty i wonder yeah. how but she had in the designing of it or whether it was a surprise nice surprise for her wedding very unusual yeah Yeah. and quite very delicate yeah yeah and and again it's not going to be although i think sophie could probably get away with shocking us a a little bit couldn't she because we all love her i mean she's not going to she can't do anything wrong although she did wear that quite hat didn't she the other day if it was at the easter day hat she wore the very very big Hat I have no idea. I do not watch the Royals nearly as closely as you do, Viv. I'm afraid. <laughs> Anne. So I, I suspect. I mean, I have, I have no idea, but I suspect that Anne doesn't give two hoots about PR. <laughs> so I, I don't. I don't think she's going to be very active on that WhatsApp group. I'm sure she's already decided that. So well, what, what uh, was it? What was it that Duke of Edinburgh used to say about about her? Is that she's so mad about horses? If it doesn't eat, um, fart or eat hay, she's not interested. <laughs> <laughs> either of those things but I suspect that um the festoon uh tiara is the one that I think um have a look at that one Alex see what you think but the, the festoon tiara again it's all um diamonds it's got no colored um stones in it and um it was actually a gift to her from funnily enough not very romantic um um uh, source but it was given to her by a shipping company uh to commemorate the launching of a ship that she was involved in and she's worn it quite a lot now my only issue with that one is that it was lent to autumn kelly her daughter-in-law or ex-daughter-in-law um to who wore it at her wedding so i mean maybe i'm just reading this too much into this but of course the wed- the marriage of autumn kelly and um Anne's son peter phillips has now broken down so maybe that um mm. And so she doesn't wear that one for that rather spurious reason I've just given. Um, I think, and I'd like this very much because I think Anne's a trooper and I think she showed herself in her true light in that period um, after her mother's death and between her mother's death and the funeral when she literally didn't didn't leave her mother's side. I thought she, she, you know, confirmed her place in the... Sort of I've got a lot of time for for Princess Anne actually. Uh, I, think, I mean, yeah. uh, amongst those in the know, she's the hardest working royal, isn't she? And I, yeah, I think she's she's no nonsense, and, and she's, she's very like, she's very grand, she's very down to earth for a royal. I think she, you know, I think she 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 does her duties and and is like you know I'm part of this, I've got to do it. But at the same time, she's she doesn't seem to buy into all the airs and graces quite so much. No, I completely agree. So I think if she doesn't go for the festoon tiara, it'd be a baseball she- cap. <laughs> that would be, that would be, riding hat it would be fantastic 
No, I think she might wear the Queen Mary fringe tiara. Now, the Queen Mary fringe tiara was the one that she wore at her own wedding. Her mother had worn it at her wedding. So the late Queen wore it at her wedding. Um, and it, it, we've seen it most recently, I think, at you, um, Beatrice's wedding. Do you remember when um, ah. the Queen lent for the lockdown wedding of... Um, uh, Princess Beatrice, which was conducted in extremely difficult circumstances given her father's um, status or situation at the time. Uh, so the Queen, the, the late Queen, lent her the um, Queen Mary fringe. So, but but Anne wore that for her own wedding, and I think that would create a really nice link with her mother, her late mother, because mm. it was the wedding t- um, tiara for the for the late Queen and the late Queen yeah. wore other occasions as well so I think that's really I'd almost rather that than the festoon actually the festoon because Anne is such a down-to-earth grounded no-nonsense sort of person the festoon one well tell me what you think but it it almost looks too girly for me it's a I I think I was just looking at a picture and I think it it looks the most like a tiara like if you just drew a picture of a tiara even more than the Sophie's possible one that's that's like a classic delicate kind of what you'd expect to tiara yeah yeah and uh, where's the the uh fringe, fringe, fringe one, very it's, it's kind a... of straight yeah uh, almost think... like the statue of liberty that's what it makes me think of yes it is isn't it because it's quite sort of spiky sort of... and it's almost like it's gonna sound really weird but it's like fence posts going around <laughs> a fringe tiara that's the that's the there's another one in the collection which will definitely be avoided and you'll understand why if i tell you it's called the kokoshnik um tiara which is was russian inspired so i think that's a that's a no-no um at the moment as well so um i i think i'd like the queen mary but it might be the festoon so and then so now so we've looked at camilla kate uh, Sophie and Anne. I don't think I've left anyone out, have I? Charlotte. Mm, I, I wouldn't have thought so unless uh, unless Harry's deciding to wear a tiara just to really, you know, <laughs> try, try and catch the headlines even more. You never know. <laughs> um, I would love it if little Charlotte was wearing the circlet that um, either the young Princess Elizabeth or her sister, um, uh, Princess Margaret, wore at the 1937 coronation of their parents mm-hmm. i think that would be, but i was talking because obviously i do talk about this quite a lot to my friends amazingly i still have any friends left but they um, one of my friends was saying if so, so i said to a friend well if if charlotte wears something is it going to look weird that little louis not wearing anything on his head george is obviously going to be separate because he's going to be doing something as page to the king but charlotte and louis are presumably going to walk down the nave of the abbey together will it look unbalanced if little charlotte wears a gold circlet and um louis doesn't wear anything on his head so and if from memory from having seen those videos of of, um queen elizabeth ii as a princess um wearing that that is i mean and i don't mean this to sound rude it's gonna (laughs) try me but it it kind of looks like the crown that you'd give a kid at Burger King. It certainly does, or one that you could pick up at... Yeah, um, like, I feel really bad like, about that, but it does It does feel like a, oh, you want a crown? Here you go. You know, it's like, it, yeah. it, it does look but, a bit like that. <laughs> let's face it, she's, is she eight? She's a, she's a tiny... So I think it would be quite, I think it would be fun. I think it would, uh, but... But, you know, they might. I genuinely cannot wait for Louis at the coronation because he is always so (laughs) mischievous. He is going to bring the house down. I cannot wait. 
I am, I am all here for a bit of a bit of nauseous. He reminds me so much of my little nephling who's three and is just, you can always see him. Every time you look at his face, he's like, what can I get up to next? And Lily's the same and I cannot wait to watch him just create havoc. It's going to be brilliant. <laughs> And I love it. I mean, I think you see almost one of the most human sides of um, Kate when you can see her stifling her giggles because she yeah. kind of <laughs> thinks it's funny when he behaves like that. Because uh, so, no, be lovely. Lots to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> amazing, yeah. amazing. Are there any other? Oh, go on. Sorry, Fiona. Well, I was going to say, what? What is there anything that the men get to wear? Then they don't. That's there's what I was no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the only the, the the question I have about Charles is I know that he's going to be wearing military uniform as he travels to the Abbey. I understand mm -hmm. that when he arrives at the Abbey, he's going to put on a robe of state. Will that mean that he will um, follow his mother and wear the George IV diadem at that point as he walks down the nave in the Abbey and wear that, the George IV diadem, which I know Alex is going to uh, um, pull up a picture of but everyone will recognize that it's the one that the queen used to wear on the way to the state opening of parliament it was the one that the queen wore as she traveled to the abbey um for her coronation uh, so whether he will whether that one will see um an appearance or not or whether he will just not wear anything on his head until he's crowned with the saint edward crown I'm not sure. Um, so he'll be wearing two crowns. He'll be crowned. I hope we've made this clear. He'll be wearing the um, state, uh, the St. Edward crown at the moment of coronation, yeah. which is will wear for just a few minutes. It's very heavy. It weighs about five pounds. So who can blame him for taking that off quite quickly? That, that will be left at the Abbey and he'll leave the Abbey wearing the imperial state crown, mm -hmm. the one second um, Star of Africa or Cullinan 2 in it, the Queen's everyday crown. Now, <laughs> do we know if he's been practising with the crown? Because rather famously, his mother, mm. in the run-up to her coronation, practised with the crown and, and Prince Charles remembers her feeding her dogs while wearing the crown and yes. apparently giving them a bath while wearing <laughs> the crown as well. The, and I'm talking about the St Edward's crown. The, the I think it was that one, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it probably would be. That shows enormous dexterity because I think she said in an interview quite recent, well, you know, shortly before she died, I think she was talking about this, wasn't she? She said that you couldn't afford to move your neck at all because you had to keep your head very upright with the weight of it. Um, so, no, I don't know. He's, as we guides know, um, these... Um, these items have been removed from the jewel house for some time so he will have had an opportunity i'm sure to at least put it on his head um so. and presumably they resize them to fit and things as well so it's it I, should be yeah i think they have a little cap within the um rim of the of the crown and that will be um you know fitted accordingly though and i'm sure you know the story of I think it was George the Sixth, although I read an account the other day suggesting this was Edward the Seventh, but I'd always read it was George the Sixth. Had been absolutely obsessed that he was going to be crowned back. To, you've heard this too, Luke, uh, Fiona, that he would be <laughs> front, and so he tied a thread to the back of the crown um, so that the Archbishop of Canterbury would know that that was the back of the crown. Of course, that, that thread was pulled off by the Archbishop of Canterbury, who just thought it looked a bit tatty, and he was crowned back to front. Did you think that was George? <laughs> Lucas. Um, Lucas, I can call yeah. you by your <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Haxby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Fiona. Did you think that was six? Because I just read the other day it was Edward the Seventh, and so I'm now doubting myself. I, I think I thought it was I thought it was one of the Georges. So I think George Sixth. 
I think in that film, The King's Speech, it was talked about, wasn't it? And that yeah. Was, yeah, I, I had it down for George VI as well. But again, I wonder if it's one of those apocryphal ones that... But I, I also had it that the Archbishop was worried about doing it wrong. So yeah, he same. put the mark on. That's and the one then I someone heard. else cleaned it last minute cleaning. Oh, can't have that. Polished it off. It's and kind of like um, Chinese whispers with these stories, isn't it? That we all yeah. pass them. Yeah. We- so there'll, be some, there'll be some truth in it somewhere. It's just the uh, the kernel of exactly what it is has, has gone a bit wonky, but uh, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, well, Viv, thank you so much. What an absolute treat. Also, I should actually ask, where? so if you go to see the Crown Jewels at the Tower of London, which if, listen, if you've not done it, do it. I mean, don't do it now because half of them are missing. Um, <laughs> wait a couple of months. Um, where are all these jewels kept? Because they're not in the Tower, in the biggest vaults, you know. Okay. So my understanding, funnily enough, I've never seen this, but my understanding is that there's a massive jewellery vault in the at the base of um, um, Buckingham Palace, um, size of an ice rink. Well, that's what I've read, but I'm sure it's not quite that big. Um, but equally in the other royal palaces, royal homes, there must be safe places for them to be kept because there are items that have been on permanent loan to other, you know, during the, the life of the late queen, there were items that were on permanent loan to other members of the family. So presumably they had somewhere safe to keep them. They weren't always having to be taken back to Buckingham Palace, which actually, yeah. rem- sorry about, but, um, about, loans that were made Uh, another um tiny little thing well it's not tiny at all it's massive it involves huge diamonds um is i would like to see kate wearing the um uh wedding gift bracelet now the wedding gift bracelet was the um diamond bracelet that philip gave to the then princess elizabeth as a wedding present and it was given on loan to Kate, who's been seen wearing it um, for state banquets, I think a couple of times, certainly that Chinese state banquet she wore, and I think there's been another time as well. Um, I love the story behind that bracelet because Philip didn't have very much money, and I guess it's all relative. Comparatively, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And um, so his mother, Princess Alice, or Princess Andrew, she went by both names, um, took apart or had taken apart one of her tiaras and the diamonds from that tiara were made into the bracelet, which Philip then gave his um, fiance and became known as the wedding the wedding gift bracelet, which I think is rather nice. So, yeah. but I love I love the fact that it doesn't, didn't have too much money. I mean, if that was me, oh, no, then that sorry. person would be getting a bracelet from Claire's accessories, you know? Like it's, uh... <laughs> All of this stuff is relative. I know. Anyway. He only had a couple of million instead of several million. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So the, so the, sorry, the ones, the ones we've been talking about, so they, they all belong to the royal family like personally oh, yeah. or... oh fiona there if you go on to the website of um the royal collection trust th- most of the items i've talked about appear on there mm-hmm. this is a territory going into a territory that it, it kind of mystifies me i know the items that are in the crown jewels but you know, to what extent these the gift the 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 pieces that they've been gifted over the members of the royal family have been gifted over the years are, are in pri- their private ownership. I mean, there's this business about the inventory of um, the um, heirlooms of the crown, which it's been stipulated can't leave the direct um, line of succession. But there are other pieces that could be given to, you know, cousins and could be lost to the royal family. So yeah, pres- well, I- you know, that's very reassuring because. Every now and then people ask me about that and I'm kind of like, well, you know, it's very complicated and it, it's, some are, you know, and I'm reassured that, that it, it's not quite clear even to you. 
quite a lot about the subject and I can't get to the bottom of it. So yeah. that's sub- probably the way they want it, to be fair. I, I think so. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. If we know what belongs to us, we might want it back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would. If I ever get married, I'm, I'm applying for one of those tiaras, I tell you. <laughs> Okay. fantastic thank you so much it's, it's really you. going to be really I've just, I quite like this sort of sleuthing um, and next week we're going to be talking about we're going to be demystifying the coronation um, and talking about all the different bits of it so for that I mean I know there's a lot of our listeners who are like I, I couldn't give two figs about the coronation and that's totally fine but you know I think even as I mean, you're obviously a big royal watcher, Viv. Um, Fiona and I are probably in that middle ground of, oh, it's quite interesting, but, you know, we haven't really got a, an allegiance either way. But it's the first coronation that we've seen in over 70 years. Um, and I think and that's... Just, just as a piece just, of theatre. Yes, it's, exactly. It's an extraordinary it, event. I, I think it's going to be quite interesting over the course of, what have we got now, two weeks, mm. less than two weeks, to mm. see whether, you know, this sort of, fever pitch of excitement builds up and uh, the extent to which it will capture the you know excitement of the of the nation i you know i hope and i'm i've got a slight um um uh, problem on the day because it's actually my beloved nephew's wedding in the afternoon oh Oh, um, i know he could not have picked that worse could he (laughs) did he pick it first presumably no this his wedding's been in the diary for an awfully long time and i love wouldn't think about um, missing it, but I am. I am trying to plot how I can see. I think I'll go to see the King's procession. I'll get to the Mall early on in the morning. Oh, you're actually going to go physically go. At, and then I'm going to leg it to somewhere where I can a change into my wedding outfit and watch the television at the same time. So I'm sorry that I won't be seeing the coronation um, procession, which is the one that will be coming back from the Abbey, and that will involve this Cinderella-like gold coronation coach um rather than on the way there camilla and charles are, are traveling in the relatively uh, modest australian australian um state coach um but yeah. it's the way um, but i think similar. it's just it's this like you say fiona the theater of it and and i think you know there will be some people who are just going to go i'm not going to watch it because whatever i'm not into the monarchy and stuff like that um and then i mean i think you and i but well as a as a sort of professional interest as well as just uh um you know i'm excited to see what a huge yeah. thing it's going to be we've talked about it in the abstract for so long um, and there's what i love about it is that there are so many bits of random info that we've talked about yeah. for ages as guides about oh and this happens and that happens and oh this become this. concrete exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. that's what we're going to do next week is demystify all that but i think it's gonna be great for everyone to kind of sit if they if they want to watch it and and kind of watch everyone coming in and and then have a look at what viv has Reckon, yeah. you know, uh, sort of <laughs> suggested they're going to wear it. So they go, oh yes, one point to Viv. Or, oh, you know, she didn't get that right. And it's I think like that's coronation be bingo. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, we should totally do that. Yes. <laughs> I will. Really, yeah. I'm, sure I'm going to make you know, so many of my predictions will not come to pass. But anyway, there we are. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. Really no, I think it, I think it'd be great. And, and thanks for the sleuthing on that. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, Viv. <laughs> For asking me, I've really enjoyed chatting to you. It's been lovely. Likewise. <laughs> Thank you. So there you go. All the sparkly stuff. We know what to look out for next uh, next week, week, week and a bit, whatever it is. Um, oh, I, I, we, I think we, we should do Coronation Bingo. And, I think we should. Uh, Prince Louis falls asleep. Of things. Somebody falls over. Yeah. Okay, we probably um, should. Yes. 
phrases phrases that um hugh edwards will say yes yeah good one yeah um the rain hasn't dampened anyone's spirit yeah <laughs> that's, that, and that's more claire balding line but yeah that you is know. And I wonder, if if, I wonder if they're going to reference the, the, the fantastic phrase that was used at the Queen's coronation of her looking very young, very human and very tense and whether they'll bring that up and be like, well, he's not, <laughs> he's not young, he's vaguely human and he, he's quite relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen him so relaxed. <laughs> but yeah, I reckon there's definitely going to be some reference to how young the Queen was when she was crowned. Yeah. Um, what else do we think? Yeah, I, I think there's got to be yeah, Prince Louis misbehaving Although in Although that is a... Th- there's a sort of like you can't I mean you, you can go on about the queen being young but at the same time that makes the, the the obvious flip side to that is oh my goodness how old is Prince Charles King Charles I know you know so I know yeah anyway um, this is maybe maybe we're straying into next week already we should we should yeah, maybe, maybe, we, maybe we should ask you yeah. as well um listeners what you think we should have on the coronation bingo um list because i think there's going to be stuff isn't there let's see if yeah. they, they say his mother the queen more than 10 times or something like that you know <laughs> it's got to be there's got to be uh uh something along the along, yeah okay we'll, we'll we'll i think we'll do that and then we can pop it up on the uh on the blog for next week and you can you can play bingo should you wish play along yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was a lovely chat with Viv. Um, yeah, I'm feeling much more prepared now about what what might be, what's, you know, uh, so that's all good. And then we're going to come next week, we will flesh out a bit more of um, uh, the other the other bits and bobs of the coronation. And then yeah. once the coronation's over, we are then going to go completely the opposite way. And we're going to leave all of the monarchy stuff behind and we're going to be yep. going uh, back to very much, you know, our... Uh, uh, off PSD kind of stuff. So this is this is a bit of a departure for us, but in in a in a in fitting with the podcast. Um, but after that, don't worry. So if you're not interested in the monarchy at all, which I mean to be fair, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably got an interest in it somewhere. Um, but after that, we're well, going to be heading straight off at a completely different angle. So never fear. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I had a thought about that, but I will hold that thought to next oh. week because it will. We can. It's fine. It's good. It'll be in okay. next week. All right. Well, that's it. We'll see you next week then, listeners. Thank you so much for coming along. Um, Have a lovely week. Yeah, we'll see you then. Bye. Okay. Bye. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with privacy mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course, present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh, 
There it is. Drawing board or... Miro. Our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's one. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro Brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com.